Hi and welcome to the Healthy Gossip with me Sonia Lulla from the Midday Newsroom. Over the past several months, a lot of celebrities have lost their lives to heart-related issues with a blaming directly pinned on an aggressive workout plan. And if you're concerned as to whether your routine is doing more harm than good, today's podcast will help alleviate your concerns. Needless to say, this is an educational podcast and is not a replacement for what could be a required medical diagnosis. Today we have two experts on board. The first is Dr. Ashish Contractor, rehabilitation expert at Sir H.N. Reliance Hospital and also a fellow of the American College of Sports Medicine. We also have nutritionist and author Munmun Ganeriwal on board who counts Tapsi Panu and Rakul Preet Singh as among her clients. Okay, so hi guys, thank you for joining us today. Before I jump into my questions, I think the one thing that I want to talk to you all about is uh, every second day I wake up to a text message from my dad which talks about uh, some, he sends me some unverified link um, about how someone died because they exercised too much because of a, a because because they had a heart condition or how exercise is bad for health because uh, you know for so and so and so reasons and sometimes I wonder if he sends me these texts because he wants me to work out less or he just wants me to stop telling him to work out at all so I'm just I know that within our industry also there's always this this, this discussion on whether exercise is really contributing to uh, the number of deaths we are seeing in young people as far as heart conditions are concerned. Is that a conversation you are having with your clients as well? Do you see it more? Firstly, thank you for having me here. And the answer is yes. And that's very unfortunate because it's exactly the opposite. As a population, as a country, as, as humanity, we all need to exercise more rather than not exercise and this very wrong message is being sent out to answer your direct question yes I am hearing this more and and we'll talk about why we're hearing it and what are the solutions yeah absolutely I think um, you know uh, when things happen with known people like more famous people or celebrities as we know them then I think the news they become headlines and that is why, you know, they take some space on the, uh, you know, the uh, mainstream media and that is how your father sends you those links. But um, if, if it happens, if the same thing, a cardiac event or a death happens with somebody who is not so famous, it would not be a news. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, like doctor said, it is, uh, it is unfortunate because as health professionals, we have always been asked the reverse thing that, you know, uh, what about inactivity or you know is it good to exercise to prevent diseases but because of these news and of course these in incidents are very unfortunate but because of these we are having this reverse kind of a discussion today. I'm wondering if any of this is so I mean of course the discussion was even there before COVID happened but um, there's a lot more on it now and I'm wondering if any of this links to changes in the health of the heart because of someone having encountered COVID is that so I think, um, again, this is a bit of an unanswered question. I think with COVID, what was earlier on seen is that one of the effects on the heart was a condition called myocarditis, mm. which is an inflammation of the heart muscle. And initially, there were lots of reports linking COVID and myocarditis and the number of people getting it were very high. 
uh, was thought to be very high. As we understood it better, there is a small percentage who will get myocarditis, which usually tends to be self-reversing. But I think what has happened is COVID may be exacerbating somebody with underlying conditions. And that's what, to be very honest, we've not fully understood it yet. COVID is still a mystery in many ways. We know of this concept called long COVID, where we know there are effects on the, on the lungs, mm -hmm. um, effects on the neurological system. People often have brain fog is the term they use for it. They feel fatigue. And from a cardiovascular system, um, it seems that the number of things like heart attacks and all seems to have gone up a little bit. Now, is there a direct connection? We don't know. One can argue that because of two and three years of people neglecting their health, not going for checkups, afraid to go to hospitals, having symptoms and ignoring it, that itself may have contributed as opposed to COVID specifically contributing to it. I don't think there is a, um, a strong linkage that if you got COVID, you will you know, definitely have any heart condition. But I think we have seen in some situations it exacerbating. Are you recommending people who have had COVID and who generally work out a lot to go and evaluate their hearts after the condition? That's a good, good question. And just yesterday or day before, I read the European Society guidelines on this. So athletes playing at a high level, they have an algorithm saying that before you return to play, you know, you should probably check, check a certain blood enzyme, um, check check a 2D echo, but I don't think every person needs to have a cardiac evaluation before they return to exercise after COVID, certainly not. Mm -hmm. They need to take it slow and easy and they need to ease back into their activity. And if they continue having symptoms, they should certainly talk to their doctor. But I don't think that if you had COVID, um, there is any hard and fast rule that you should not exercise. Just take your time to get back to it. And that's regardless of the age. So it's not like if you're young or old, it doesn't. Yes, it's regardless of age. And obviously, if you one of the unfortunate people to have had a bad COVID, long COVID, you were hospitalized, though we're seeing much less of that these days, mm. then certainly you need to be evaluated on a case-to-case -case basis. And then you may need a, if, for example, you were in ICU, mm. then yes, a, a complete you know cardiac and pulmonary evaluation should be done before you return to regular exercise. Right, right. Now, before I jump, uh, into questions about you know how you can get back to working out and how you need to monitor your diet around um, you know uh, around this topic I want to ask you what is your immediate understanding of the news that you're seeing about these actors these singers who are just passing away at a young age okay a lot of times when people are young and or they're famous they they make headlines okay the absolute number of deaths in young people is not as high as sometimes people make it out to be in conversation. What tends to happen is exercise oftentimes is the final straw or it may be the precipitating factor and after that bout of exercise person may have had symptoms and go to the hospital or they may have collapsed. It's not that if you have a healthy heart one bout of exercise, you know, however strenuous it might be, is going to suddenly cause a problem. So if some and most of these um, unfortunate events, they can be categorized into two big buckets. And this is important to understand. So for most people who are, we could use 30 to 35 as a cutoff, 30 to 35 and older. The reason for them having this is because they have blockages in their heart artery. Those blockages burst 
you have a massive heart attack and that heart attack leads to a cardiac arrest and death mm. so the very standard what we call heart attack and the sequelae of a heart attack right that's that's the 30 to 35 plus in the younger ones when you hear of a 20 year old you hear of a 25 year old um last year in the european soccer very famous uh, um danish footballer uh, christian eriksen who sort of collapsed on field mm. those are not because of heart attacks papers normally wrongly use the word heart attack for everything they are cardiac arrests which happen due to other reasons a common reason is when they have a condition called cardiomyopathy which is sort of the heart becomes larger but not very efficient so uh, an exercising heart also becomes larger but that's a physiological increase when the increase is not physiological then it's called cardiomyopathy that's the commonest reason then sometimes you have other reasons where the person's um, arteries their coronary their heart arteries are arising from different places from where they should arise it's called anomalous coronary artery mm. and then you have a lot of what are called arrhythmic death syndromes which means that the heart goes into a abnormal heartbeat pattern which is known as an arrhythmia and we haven't fully understood why that happens so these are the ones which happen in the younger people the so called very healthy people and and that's then they suddenly lead to an cardiac arrest and and the person can collapse and die and those are to be honest reasonably unpredictable they are not because of the blockages but the blockage related death the 30 35 plus those are the standard risk factors which lead to it your cholesterol your sugar your blood pressure all the usual suspects smoking all of those so one needs to understand the reasons why these are happening and and then get to the bottom so to get back to my first point is when the person who is 30 35 and or 40 and at the gym and is collapsing it's not that one hour back the person was completely fine mm. they were on the edge so to speak and that exercise session was the final straw that pushed that person over the edge and and of course it's unfortunate the other point is when it's exercise related honestly it also makes a bigger headline okay. um i i don't mean to trivialize this but you don't often read man at home watching tv mm. has a heart attack right and there are many more sedentary people sitting at home watching tv or in the office having a heart attack than mm. someone having it in the gym but in a gym or in an exercise setting it's also a bit more sensational so it's not that it's not happening but again it's it's not to the amount where this sort of fear psychosis has sort of taken place like what i have seen in my office when clients walk in of course i can't comment on these uh, particular celebrity cases that have happened because i didn't work with them one on one or i didn't know their you know profile so i can't comment on that but uh, what i what is seen is that like doctor mentioned about the risk factors so like the blood pressure the hypertension or the sugar or the smoking all of these these are risk factors but they the most of the time they are just there like they are those silent uh, you know killers undetected people are not aware that they have these risk factors and uh, when the heart attack happens it's like you know because i exercised or because the person over exercised it happened mm. the, the fact that these risk factors were already present mm. is never even detected because probably the person didn't go for any kind of screening mm. and neither it is talked about correct so what i'm trying to say is that it's like doctor said it's more like a trigger like exercise you can say is a trigger if these risk factors are already there but 
to say that it is the cause is like probably like blowing things out of proportion if I can say. Now I have two questions for what you've said. One is that you spoke about young athletes but if there, is, there are people who just work out a lot are they also likely to face the same kind of conditions that young athletes face? That's number one. And when, you're, when you speak about people who are within 35 to 40 and they have blockages in their heart. Um, again, I, I'm not sure if 35 to 40 is an age group that you would categorize as people who should do annual screenings. Um, so is that one first of all? And if not, if they are that young, are, are blockages of this kind normal in that age group? Or are, are they just the, the kind of people who work out a lot but have like bad diets? What would it be? First, in that young category, yeah. okay, when we've got, let's talk about, say, the cardiomyopathy. Now, these are conditions which people have, but they're not aware of. Mm. Sometimes people start feeling breathless when they exercise. Mm. So then they start getting checked up and, they, and we pick it up by chance. Mm. The way to pick these up usually would be an ECG and or an echocardiography. Mm. So everybody who's young and is exercising certainly doesn't need to get an ECG done and an echo done, right? So these are people, they may be walking around with it for years. And it's just that that one sudden bout of exercise was, you know, as Moon Moon used the correct word, was that trigger. Mm. So honestly, these... Um, cases are not that preventable unless you have a screening program. So, for example, Italy is one of the very few countries in the world which has a screening program where all their athletes who are playing at a certain level, mm. if I'm not mistaken, who are even playing at high school level but representing the school, interstate competition, intercity competition, they have to have an ECG screening and if that ECG is abnormal, then they do further screening. Mm. But most countries of the world, I don't think, have this mandatory. So it's, it's very tough to pick up and it may be a bit of an overkill to say that every single person needs to do it if they just want to exercise. Now, coming to the older group, I think... The basic risk factors um, like your sugar, um, your cholesterol, your blood pressure, it can be done very, very easily. And as Moon Moon said, we call them silent killers because you don't feel it. Most people say that, oh, if my sugar is high, something, I should feel something. If my blood pressure is high, I should get a headache. That's not true. Most people get no symptoms at all. So I think every adult, you know, the moment you're 18, the very least you could do is an annual cholesterol check, sugar check, BP check. I mean, all this is all very easy to do. And honestly, it's very inexpensive to do this basic. Now, if you've got a strong family history, meaning you've had somebody in your immediate family, a parent, a sibling who's specifically had a heart problem, then you can get further tests done. Yeah. But otherwise, these basic tests you, you need to get done because you can pick up these silent issues. The other big mistake is people assume that just because a person is fit, that means they're healthy. There are genetic components. So there are people who could be very, very fit, but they could have cholesterol through the roof or they could have high sugar or they could have high blood pressure. Because they're fit, they assume that everything is fine. And when something goes wrong with a fit person, everybody is so concerned. Oh my God, you are so fit. So I repeat to everybody that fitness gives you protection against not just heart disease, against a host of diseases, okay? Fitness and, and exercise gives you protection, but it doesn't give you immunity, mm. okay? So just because you're fit doesn't mean you can't have these problems. Mm. Your risk is lower than somebody who's not. And fit people tend to take it for granted. A lot of people who go to gyms and, for example, they smoke. Mm. 
Now, smoking is pretty much the worst thing you can do for your health, right? Yeah. So, just because you went to the gym and you lifted heavy weights, you know, it, it doesn't give you protection against smoking. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of this COVID-19 vaccine, right? It's like people feel that, oh, if I have, you know, if I'm vaccinated, it means COVID cannot happen to me. Yeah. But the vaccine will only protect you. It will not make you completely immune to the virus that you will not uh, contract the virus. But even if, God forbids, you contract the virus, it will ensure that you don't have serious consequences. Mm. The same thing, I think, is with fitness. People feel that fit people, are fit people people can cannot have covid also mm. how can you have covid you are so fit how yeah. can you have heart attack you're so fit so fitness gives you a protection it's wrong to say that uh, a, a person cannot die out of heart attack or so and so because a person is fit but he would not probably have those serious consequences if at all uh, the incident happens probably is going to recover much better and much sooner than uh, others uh, Manman, is there anything that you commonly see among your clients who work out a lot as far as their diet is concerned so do you think that there are people who come to you and they say that I have a healthy or I have a good uh, training regime but do you are you able to spot flaws in their diet that could be contributing to poor heart health so much uh, firstly uh, the moment uh, people start working out or even before working out they have these protein boxes ready I know so many people who don't even start to work out like they've never worked out in their life they don't know anything about it but they know that protein supplement the way the, you know the protein powder is important mm. so till the time the protein boxes don't arrive in their house they don't they won't even venture into or start the plan the exercise plan so uh, people have this notion that you know I have exercised and I've taken my protein supplements so I've done my job mm. and you know I'm kind of invincible <laughs> but you know that that is not the thing when you are working out what is very important is recovery and uh, recovery is based on two important things one is nutrition and the other is sleep so when I say nutrition again I want to emphasize that I don't really uh, only talk about protein nutrition is a complete balanced plan where there's carbs also there are proteins also there are fats also uh, whether to take protein supplements or not is 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 a choice that I make after I have started working with the client if I feel that the uh, you know every person will have some sort of soreness because the, if the person is starting new or if the person has even increased the intensity a bit up a notch up but if the soreness is high to that extent that it's kind of disturbing your daily movements so those are symptoms if your next exercise performance is decreasing basically in the next session in the next bout so those are symptoms and unless that happens I'm not very uh, you know aggressive on starting with the protein supplements mm. I would rather you know think about going with a complete balanced diet of eating fresh eating on time mm. sleep again is very important again it's all very interconnected because if you have a late dinner it's invariably going to interfere with deep sleep you might have a seven or eight hours of shut eye but it won't be a deep sleep that will lead to good recovery so again stress management I think is a very very important thing it's I think considered as one of the risk factors as well uh, for uh, you know the, as a cardiac risk uh, factor in fact I was reading few journals and they said that there are people who internalize stress like if I'm just stressed that you know I don't know what to wear tomorrow so, so it's not that that's going to you know create a uh, cardiac event but if I'm just kind of internalizing stress all the time like it's become a part of my personality then that's a danger sign and just like we need to take care of our cholesterol numbers and the other numbers like the risk factors doctor explained uh, keeping the stress under control is also extremely important so this is again one thing that I feel that people don't pay importance to uh, stress can also lead to insomnia or 
sleeplessness which is again you know connected to uh, the heart health mm. and it can also lead to a lot of emotional eating where you know you are eating a lot of sugar and stuff uh, because you are stressed. So, you see at the end of the day everything is connected. Mm. So, if you are working out well you need to have things in place whether it is your recovery, your nutrition, your sleep and also like once the risk factors are screened like doctor said like the basic ones the cholesterol or the sugar or the high the blood pressure which are very inexpensive and easy things to do they are not invasive. Yeah. So, once those things are done and if suppose a person wa walks into my office and I see those then of course, I will get hyper specific and I will use certain you know ingredients or herbs from the Indian kitchen to kind of deal with a cholesterol for example, or a sugar for example. And we have plenty in our Indian kitchen uh, to you know sort of make use of as far as uh, these uh, metabolic diseases are concerned. But uh, at the onset the broad lifestyle should be in place just working out is not going to kind of uh, protect you or it is just not enough. And you know because you mentioned people have uh, just fascinated by protein uh, yeah. supplements and stuff like that. How much do these supplements or you know fat burners also contribute to a bad heart? See fat burners is a very different category of supplements and protein powders are different categories of supplements. We have certain uh, banned substances, substances like the steroids and stuff which are again a different category. But I would say uh, of course, a protein powder is not something which I would say is detrimental or harmful. It might just be unnecessary. Like there are people who are just obsessing over it and just drinking shakes after shakes. So, it might be unnecessary and it could just lead to bloating and there will be no weight gain also uh, no weight loss also as such. You know we have this tendency if we know something is good we feel more is better. The same thing we do with exercise, the same thing we do with protein supplements. So, I do not think protein supplements in that sense are harmful uh, in the sense that fatal. Mm. But uh, steroids and fat burners those category of supplements is something that I, I would really uh, not recommend mm -hmm. unless you you know you are in a profession that requires and I am not saying profession as in an actor or something. But if you were a professional bodybuilder and stuff maybe uh, during competitions pre competitions they take. But for general population for people like you and me there is absolutely no need uh, to consume steroids or fat burners because they, de they do lead to a lot of stuff like irregular heart rhythms. They may lead to plagues, decrease in the good cholesterol which is the HDL. Uh, so, yes they do lead to a lot of uh, heart diseases. Doc I have to ask you a few things regarding exercising specifically um, in this conversation which is I mean the first thing is if I am someone who works out go to the gym I have no symptoms I know that I have a healthy diet relatively healthy diet do I have to worry the first thing is that not at all okay like do you have like a stipulated amount of okay this is you are going too far with your workouts do you have some parameters that you think people should think no, about no not really I mean when I say not really everyone who is starting a program needs to start with the simple you know we call it the fit principle right frequency intensity time and type. So, you start with you know 3 to 4 days a week intensities at a moderate intensity you do not straight away go into a high intensity workout you know which mm -hmm. has become a fad these days start with moderate a fairly light to somewhat hard kind of zone of workout um, time 30 to 40 to 50 minutes start with 10 minutes build it up slowly slowly. And type of exercise there is the cardiovascular endurance type which is your standard cycling, running, walking, swimming, elliptical trainer. And the second is your strength training, resistance training using bands, weights, machines. So, 
starting with a regular you know 30 to 40 minutes 3 to 5 days a week workout is completely fine and and like i said i mean it's 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 even sad that we've come to a point where you need to ask me this question mm-hmm. right where where we're asking the question of is exercise bad versus is sitting bad yeah, <laughs> and and, yeah. and you know sitting is today called the new smoking because mm-hmm. the more time you're sitting you know for hours and hours the more that's detrimental to your sugar and your cholesterol and all those things so it's absolutely fine and you should be exercising right. um in a in a normal manner that right. that i just spoke about i think in last year or two years ago there was a lot of discussion about a study that had been done which said that um marathoners and people who practice hiit were amongst those who have a have a higher chance of getting a heart attack actually are there types of workouts that can contribute to attacks okay being being a long distance runner myself i've got a sort of conflict of interest in this answer but let me let me put it this way um the question that's been asked in in science in this world is is there something like too much exercise and all of us believe that there isn't something like too much we believed at one point okay today science is showing that people who are ultra runners right people who are putting in routinely more than 50 60 70 kilometers a week you know week after week month after month okay um over time some of them are prone to certain issues like atrial fibrillation which is a which is a type of an irregular heartbeat um some of them are prone to having higher calcium scores in their coronary artery this mm-hmm. is different from the calcium in your sort of flowing in the blood these are the heart arteries now do these things lead to more heart attacks and deaths the answer is probably no okay not that we know of in in any case not that we know for certainty but these kind of issues are cropping up in higher frequency in ultra endurance runners but again we the message gets lost somewhere because mm-hmm. i can safely tell you that more than 99% of people who are going to exercise are getting nowhere near these zones yeah. because everyone's question is what's the minimum i can do to get away not the maximum yeah. right so we are getting into these detailed conversations on issues which affect 1% mm. of the exercising population yeah. which overall ends up being 0.00 whatever percent of the entire population right so you know we we completely go off track when we talk about this i'm not saying it's not an important issue but if we talk about perspective the perspective is to get our country and our nation the world moving that is the message if everybody just got off the couch and walk for half an hour a day as an example the entire world would be a healthier place yeah. in that sub 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 group are the people who are sort of over exercising so it's not that scientifically something like that may not exist but mm-hmm. that's a very limited population that's an important message we need to convey okay but do you think there are types of workouts that people should be careful about when approaching for example now high intensity like you mentioned right hit is the acronym high intensity interval training that's become a thing now it's nice but it's not for everyone so first of all i don't think people should be from zero to hit mm. they should be building a strong base 
once you build that base, you can throw in HIIT workouts for variety, for interest, um, to get a certain boost in your VO2 max, to get a boost in your muscle strength. Mm. So yes, they can absolutely be incorporated. But older people, people just starting exercise, shouldn't be jumping into it it's straight off because there's a higher chance of injury. When I say injury, I'm not talking about cardiac specifically, but just orthopedic injury, musculoskeletal stress is much higher when you're doing high intensity. So those are things you need to watch out for and do it under some supervision. It sounds very exciting. Oh, in three minutes, I can get as good a workout as others get in 30 minutes, yeah. right? So why not? But in those three minutes, you know, you need to do it correctly. So it is definitely a very interesting, fun and an acceptable way of workout. Mm. But I don't think somebody should be doing it if they've not been exercising at all and at least initially do it under some guidance or supervision. As part of research for this conversation, of course, I think one, um, I came across one article where um, someone, uh, so a doctor was quoted as stating that older people should focus more on cardiovascular work because building muscles leads to stress on the heart because the heart has to pump harder. So I think that's not true. Hmm. Okay, let's categorically say that. About 25 years or 30 years ago, you know, there was this whole wariness about strength training and heart and strength training and blood pressure. But now it's very clear all the evidence points that all the research that we know about strength training and resistance training, which is different from bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is just when you're trying to lift very heavy weights, frankly, just to look good. That's the whole idea of bodybuilding or body sculpting. But if you're doing strength training or resistance training, I mean, lifting this glass of water for an older person could be resistance training. Lifting a one liter bottle of water um, is a one kilogram weight. So, you know, doing bands, resistance bands, all of that is. And the benefits of resistance training are very similar to the benefits of even aerobic training. So great for sugar, great for blood pressure control, all of those things, right? Now, if you're starting parameters one thing people get worried about is when you lift a very heavy weight your blood pressure tends to shoot up momentarily mm. so if your blood pressure is very high to start with then get it under control before you do strength training but if it's normal there's no reason not to do strength training so all the benefits that you get from other forms of exercise you also get for strength training and on the contrary i would encourage older people especially older women to do strength training why because every decade after after your 30s you dramatically start losing strength and you don't need strength just to look good or to pose in a tight t-shirt you need strength to carry on daily activities you're going out for the weekend you need to carry a bag which is five or ten kilos you need strength for that you go grocery shopping and you buy your five kilo grocery items you need strength to lift it up put it in your on your kitchen table you want to put it up into your storage all of that requires strength and especially in older ladies in our country, the strength tends to drop dramatically mm. and their activities of daily living, their functional activities, yeah. they all reduce with age and, and strength training done correctly mm. will help maintain it. So I would highly encourage it. Of course, the caveat is that it's got to be done correctly. Yeah. Conclusively, if I have to ask you from an exercise standpoint and from a nutrition standpoint. So, again, two groups of people say a group that's just starting out and a group that's already involved in heavy uh, workout routines if they are worried about getting heart related conditions because of exercise what are some basic things that you will tell them uh, with regards to what they can or can't do two points okay the first is if you are concerned and get yourself evaluated right and evaluation is, is very simple go speak to a professional speak to a healthcare professional a doctor who understands exercise 
you can do these basic tests. I'm, I'm repeating again your cholesterol, your sugar, your blood pressure. In addition, you can do say an ECG and a stress test. So get that checked out and figure out where you stand. That's number one. Mm. Number two, which is very important is be aware of signs and symptoms which are warning signs. And it's very unfortunate that a very large number of people who collapse suddenly as the term we use have often got warning signs and symptoms the day before, the week before, two weeks before and which they ignored. We see that time and time again when you go back and talk to family, go back and talk to friends and, and you'll realize. So the two, there are many different ones, but the two cardinal warning signs which an exercising person should be aware of. Number one is any discomfort in the chest, upper body, sometimes maybe in the jaws, arms, you know, which medically we call that angina. Any discomfort which comes on when you exercise and it goes away when you rest. If that's your pattern, big warning bells, stop exercise that day, get checked out. Very clear. Okay, people ignore it. Number two warning sign is what I will describe as unusual shortness of breath with usual exercise. What does that mean, right? When you are exercising and you're pushing yourself, it's expected that you will get a little short of breath depending on the workout of the day. So if you're running a 5K and towards the last half K, you're pushing yourself, you will get out of breath. That's normal. But you know what's normal for your level. An example is if someone is regularly running 10 kilometers without a problem and now they start getting tired within 7 kilometers, not just one day, right? You can have an off day, but on a routine basis within 7K, 5K, 6K, 8K mm -hmm. and they find that they cannot do what they were once doing that's an alarm bell compared to someone who's never run and they they will run even one kilometer they'll get out of breath that's normal yeah. so if you are doing a certain activity on a routine basis without difficulty and now you find that you're getting tired out of breath fatigued with that same activity on a consistent basis you're noticing a change in pattern stop and get evaluated okay anything from a nutrition perspective that you can add here Munmun? Like doctor said, the screening is important and, you know, the evaluation is already lined up very nicely. What are the symptoms and stuff? So uh, it is important, of course, you go to a doctor, get yourself checked. But once you know the, your numbers that it is not in place, it is important that your nutrition plan is such that it takes care of those conditions. It takes care of those metabolic conditions. Like, for example, garlic is there. Now, garlic is such a you know thing that you find it in every Indian kitchen but mm. garlic is great for heart health it's great for cholesterol so many things there's turmeric there's amla powder so there are many combinations which are used something for diabetes something for cholesterol so these are things that are important that you kind of bring them in your diet plan of course I'm not saying use them as superfoods you know smoke drink like a barrel and then just go and have your amla powder and things will be fine but yeah. if you have like a broader uh, lifestyle pattern in place then these things uh, should be there and of course it has to be personalized according to your lifestyle and everything but these things come to great help which is uh, very easily uh, available uh, so to speak so that is n the number one thing the other thing uh, like I said is about uh, you know keeping your stress levels uh, in, in, in check because there's something I believe called stress um, myocardiopathy or something if I'm not wrong doctor yeah 
So, that is also something very important. So, again we have lot of these meditation practices, uh, yoga nidra is there and so many other meditation and deep breathing practices are there which kind of pushes your body towards a parasympathetic dominance. Correct. Again a lot of people exercise but they find these things very futile because there is no active muscle building happening. Mm -hmm. So, they feel that you know what is the point. Mm -hmm. But these recovery mechanisms or stress lessening mechanisms have to be in place in daily life. Mm -hmm. And as far as nutrition is concerned, I cannot emphasize, uh, you know, much the importance of a balanced diet. Don't go carb free, don't go low carb, don't go on a keto or don't go on any kind of a diet that asks you to remove any food group because uh, ultimately when you are exercising, what you are doing is exercising in itself, it is a catabolic process. Yeah. While exercising, you are not building up your muscles, that building up is happening post your workout when you are recovering yeah. and that recovery as I said happens with food. So, at that time you need carbs also, you need good hydration also, you need um, you know plenty of water, you need proteins, you need fats, you need a complete balanced meal. So, if you are going on a calorie deficit or you are trying to remove foods because you are scared or because you read somewhere that carbs is going to you know is not good, gluten is not good or whatever, then it is just going to make your recovery process difficult and it is also not going to give you that great results from your workout as well. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you know you all think needs to be addressed in this conversation that maybe I miss asking you? I think the simple take home message is that one doesn't really need to fear exercise okay exercise is medicine and if we really could bottle all the brilliant effects of medicine into one pill it would probably be the best selling pill in the world okay so the important message is just mm -hmm. get out there and do it um, if you have any concerns speak speak to a professional who understands it and and do not get unduly concerned or worried I will say that you know there is this uh, whole misconception not enough fallacy I call it where people feel that you know if I do not do something really big like if I do not go to the gym and like work out for good 60 minutes what is the point. Therefore, you know there is this um, I think somewhere in UK or somewhere they, they came up with this they call it the active 10 guideline where they say that you know you just go there and just do a 10 minutes of walk not even multiple bouts just a single a single bout of 10 minute walk that itself can help you uh, reduce your risk of many chronic diseases. So, what I just want to emphasize is that it is not about doing you know all or nothing kind of thing that people feel just go out there and just do anything for 10 minutes of course, if you feel that you are strong enough now you, you should ramp it up. But again it should be progressive like we discussed it cannot be like exponential ramp up but uh, you know you can start from a very very low place is what I am trying to say and that itself is going to benefit you in multiple ways. Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was really nice to have you both here. Thanks a ton Thank for this. Thank you so Thank much. You.